0: Welcome to the fourth edition of the Marte Vogt podcast, a podcast of Forschungsverbund Berlin in which young women in science share stories behind their academic CVs. I'm Natalia, and today I'm happy to introduce you Dr. Elisa Palacino Gonzalez, a postdoctoral researcher at the Max Born Institute for Nonlinear Optics and Short Pulse Spectroscopy, and also one of the most humorous theoretical scientists I've met. Elisa studied chemistry at the University of Extremadura in Spain. She holds a doctoral degree from the Technical University of Munich in the area of theoretical nonlinear optical spectroscopy of molecules. Now, as a postdoctoral research fellow at the Max Born Institute, she develops theoretical descriptions to investigate how molecules behave after interacting with light. For that, she combines ab initio calculations and quantum and molecular mechanics methods with a simulation of nonlinear infrared spectra. When she is not busy doing hardcore theoretical calculations, she is either playing guitar or writing jokes and performing them on stage. Enjoy the episode! Hi, Lisa. I'm happy to have you here and thank you very much for taking time for this interview. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> so you are not that regular chemist that, uh, who mixes solution in flasks and wears a white, uh, wears a white coat in, in the lab. You're a theoretical chemist. Can you maybe mm-hmm. explain what exactly that means? <laughs> uh, so uh, what I like to say is that uh,
1: theoretical chemists, in my opinion, it's like they are, in theory, chemists. <laughs> Theoretically chemists. Uh, yeah, as you said, it's not really a conventional view of a chemist, that you are in the lab, and so so in general theoretical chemists uh, use methodologies, theoretical methods to approach chemical problems. Um, this is in general what a theoretical chemist do, usually stays in an office, in front of computers. and
0: So you do a lot of calculations and modeling, I suppose? Uh, yeah, so I'm basically uh, coding mm-hmm. most of the time
1: which is basically like a set in the lab, I would say, Mm -hmm. for an experimentalist. Yeah, so as you said, I'm in theoretical chemistry, and more specifically, I work in the field of theoretical spectroscopy. Basically, uh, what I do is to, um, yeah, so as I was saying, uh, theoretical spectroscopy basically uses methods from quantum chemistry and quantum uh, theory to set, I would say, tools, to um, understand chemical problems from spectroscopic point of view, so I develop, I will say more specifically, I develop methods, mathematical methods, based on the interaction of some molecules that I am interested into with light mm-hmm. pulses. So very very short pulses of uh, light, and by the interaction of these pulses with the molecules you can learn about the behavior of electrons and nuclei in specific conditions so this is I would say the most general goal Mm -hmm. and why did you choose this field for for your research in my case so I chose to be a theoretical chemist because I think I'm not uh, very good moving liquid sand in the lab and so I can break and make everything explode and so. So I think I'm more safe between computers. (laughs) And people are also more safe if I'm among computers. Um, Yeah, and I also prefer to solve problems in a paper rather than being maybe most of the time in a lab and then going to paper or something. I prefer to be 100% on the paper. (laughs) Yeah. So and then theoretical spectroscopy. Well, I when I was doing my PhD in in Munich, uh, here in Germany, I I just uh, contacted my uh, former professor um, of my PhD, and he offered me some different theoretical chemistry topics to to start with. And I don't know. I think he, I think he said something like. Uh, uh, so I have something like quantum chemistry, which is uh, more related to what you used to do before, because I explained to him where my background was, and and then you have also on the other side theoretical spectroscopy, and I was like, what's that? <laughs> um, I just got attracted to something that I didn't know, so I was like, yeah, let's try this.
0: And uh, in the university during your master studies, you studied. Already, You, you weren't already on the theoretical side, or you were more general on the chemistry? Yeah, it was
1: more general on the chemistry mm-hmm. side, yeah. So I was, uh, for a few months, working in, when I was in Spain, in my, I would say, diploma, because it was the old plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in, for some months, working in the theoretical chemistry department, but I would say I didn't get specialized in theoretical chemistry mm-hmm. by then. So I was just going to the dark side mm-hmm. of theory but i was not really a hardcore quantum chemist or something like that and uh, what raised your interest in general in chemistry? chemistry was yeah i don't know actually i i don't remember i think i was uh, going to choose a career in the university mm-hmm. and i think i i like chemistry like um, understanding matter and things like these by, by that level <laughs> at that time but um, i think i was yeah. I was daphting between different sciences, and then for some reason, I don't know why, I just decided to do chemistry, but...
0: Okay, so it was rather... Um, so... Flow.
1: Yeah, well, I well I didn't really like mathematics. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if Says there are... <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you see, so it's a cliché, we, <laughs> we don't really get uh, associated always to mathematics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so uh, the thing is that I, I I was sure that I didn't wanted to do, like, maths or physics. I was adapting, but I was not really sure. And then I was like, okay, chemistry is nice, and I think it's interesting. There are interesting problems, so I just went ahead. But I think I didn't think much about it. <laughs> I was thinking also in an engineer, it's just, mm-hmm. it's something. So.
0: And what do you enjoy nowadays most about your research work?
1: Yeah, it's a good question because um, I would say um, being a scientist for me, it's interesting because you think about the problem and, yeah, that usually normal people, let's say, people like citizens, like <laughs> working <laughs> working outside, don't, don't really think about because it's just basic science, for example, in my case. And it's cool to think about things that people don't usually think about sometimes. <laughs> it's cool. But I think it's also cool to be a scientist for me because it allows you to travel a lot and to know people from a lot of, like, backgrounds and viewpoints. And I think this is a good side for me, from being a scientist, to travel and... And see what the other people are doing and how they think and what they... Yeah, how are they struggling with the PhD (laughs) (laughs) and what are they doing in their career and so, yeah. I would say, like in a general picture, I would say um, traveling, it's cool as a scientist. Also solving problems in science, but apart from these mm-hmm. obvious question, mm-hmm. answers, so... And is there anything you dislike? Hmm. About being a scientist?
0: or About, about your work, about your daily work, like uh, <clears throat> something that you dislike and you would like to improve or change?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know how we sit in the rest of fields of science and... And research, but in my field um, I would say um people I had the experience that people are very much focused on on work and not really into uh, other activities I would say i don't know how is it, for example, in biology mm-hmm. or in other sciences, but for example, in theoretical chemistry and physics, um I had the feeling that um People are very much focused just on on on, on science, and they uh, don't have interaction with other things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I don't know. Um, uh, it's difficult for me to find people with other interests. Let's say.
0: And you have pretty many hobbies yourself. You like I followed yeah. you a little bit on your social media, and you <laughs> play guitar, you draw, you, you you're a stand-up comedian. So, do you think that actually having all these hobbies and having this different view on the world from the different sides kind of enriches your also your abilities as a scientist in a way? Or your work? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yes, I think, I, I think Or maybe I... it simply gives you inspiration.
1: Um yeah I think I think it can help quite a lot to do other things I would say if you think I don't know for for me if I always think in this about the same problem or I just focus on some activity I don't get much inspiration about new ideas mm-hmm. I don't know if this is trivial but for me for example if I'm just working and then I go home and just watch TV or mm-hmm. something and then I go back to work It's like I'm always in the same mindset. It's like when you need to talk to other people just to to think differently. So I need to do other activities which are radically different from science. Mm -hmm. Like some sports or just just use a guitar or try to
0: do some jokes or something. I think this helps. Can you tell a bit about how did you start with the comedy at all? Because I find it quite interesting and quite contrasting to what you do on your during the day. <laughs> yes. Uh, how did you come with a with a stand up comedy? Um, so I think I
1: started this like uh, I was already in Germany, so like five five years ago or something like that. I was I think I was just started on my beat scene or something. Um, what I was up to start and I, I just saw, I don't remember where, but I just saw some advertisement about a open mic session for stand-up comedy or amateur comedians, I don't know, people trying to do some jokes and so, and in Facebook or something like mm-hmm. that. So by that time I think I was Lacking of I was I was lacking a lot of um, uh, comedy I would say I was uh, like uh, saying why I, I'm not really doing a lot of comedy or something like that because I'm doing like silly things since I was born <laughs> probably or something so I'm just uh, I, I just found that and I was by that time in in Spain doing some sketches and these things with, with friends so then I thought okay maybe I can try this new comedy thing, uh, from the uh, stand-up thing, and I just tried, went there to this event, and... And how did it feel? (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) How was it? I think they didn't throw me tomatoes, so it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) So you're still
0: here? Yes. And then you uh, proceed with this. Uh, uh, Do you still, um, well, now probably not, but uh, Mm -hmm. did you make other... uh, Open mics or
1: uh, yes, then performances? I, yeah, then I I continue like I said. Okay, it didn't went that bad. So hmm, maybe after my PhD day I should go uh, in these kind of clubs mm-hmm. where nobody knows me to try to do something about uh, to try to say something about uh, I don't know uh, normal situations or working situations or just my thoughts in general. And uh, let's see if it, if people find me funny, because I actually didn't know if I was funny, but <laughs> just some people told me, oh, you, you're funny, and I'm like, really? <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, let's try and figure out. And yeah, and then I really like it, because um, I could try to give my point of view on things, and sometimes I found that people laughed, but other times people didn't laugh. So it's like cool, because you see... Um you, you like you express your point of view and then you understand uh, how you express to others and so mm-hmm. on. I don't know, it's cool.
0: And uh you said you make also jokes about your working situations <laughs> and stuff, so you kind kind of the your scientific work gives some uh food for your jokes. How do people mm-hmm. react on that? Yeah, um
1: so I try once. <laughs> Like a few years ago, I tried once to do like a mini-geek or something, mm-hmm. and it was like a scientific event. So all of them, all the public was uh, basically theoretical physicists <laughs> and experimental physicists. And, uh, and it was like a, yeah, like a gathering of PhD students presenting like in a, I will say, relaxed way their mm-hmm. research. So I was like, okay, let's try to do also some comedy, yeah. So um, there was some kind of social event, and I went there and I performed. And I, I don't know. I I chose topic was which was not really scientific, and nobody. So it was really awkward silences,
0: even within this uh, audience. Yeah, yeah. So
1: so the topic was not really scientific. Oh, okay. But I wanted just to to try some jokes and then they didn't get or something. Okay,
0: I understand. So you you performed it for scientists, but uh, yeah. it was a bit yeah.
1: So then uh, I thought actually. So then I thought, oh, maybe I should try to do science jokes <laughs> <laughs> to to the public, which is scientists. But then I don't know. I I still didn't find didn't make I don't know. For me, it's very difficult to make scientists, like in my field, to to make them laugh.
0: Does your colleague know about your hobby? My colleague? Yeah, my, your colleagues. Oh, uh, my group. In general, yeah. Uh, yeah, I
1: think they, they know. Mm,
0: do they uh, say something about this? What is their reaction yeah. to that?
1: Mm, so, I don't know really many people who like to do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they feel like they always say, I'm not funny or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think I'm either funny, but I don't know. Maybe some people don't feel comfortable in a in front of a mic or something. And so I don't really find people who, who share this activity Mm -hmm. in in science, so they always kind of get surprised, like, they are like, wow, really, you do do jokes or something? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I try. (laughs) But I have the feeling that, um, in general, it's very difficult in, probably a lot of scientists will kill me for this, but it's very difficult for me to find comic people in academia. I always try to to make a connection between this hobby of comedy, which is just amateur thing, with with the, my scientific work. And I don't really know how to um, make it in a good way because usually the audience is science, scientists, and I, it's really difficult for me to,
0: to combine them so they like it. <music> another thing about uh, physics and theoretical chemistry uh, away from the humor thing is that it's a very man-dominated field, heavily oh, yeah. man-dominated mm-hmm. field. and um, uh, did it somehow affected you during your studies and during your work actually
1: yeah I, I if I if I think about it it's it has really not been easy all the time if you are um, a girl in science it looks like by this time it should be like people should be not really all minded and these mm-hmm. things should be probably over. But in my opinion, I think you can feel if you're a girl and you're in science that sometimes you, can, you have to do much more effort mm-hmm. in some situations which maybe you didn't pay attention, but sometimes you encounter things that make you feel like there is still this kind of unequal. I don't know. So, I mean, I guess it depends on the people. So, I guess in all the jobs, there will be people who are, like, they are thinking that, I don't know, girls are not really for science or something, mm-hmm. which is this all-minded people who could be in every kind of uh, environment. Uh, so, also in science, you can find these people, but, of course, the other the other kind of people. So, the thing is that um, I think... Being in a field which is um, mainly male-dominated makes everything to, uh, to to be very likely to to find st- strange or awkward situations if you're a girl in science. I don't mm-hmm. know if I explained correctly. What I mean is that because usually girls are not going to another girl if it's a female-dominated field or something, you're not going usually to find likely situations for these. Um, inequality to, to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because usually, for example, if you go to a professor and it's a woman, chances are that she won't be... Um, she won't treat you differently. Because you're a girl, mm-hmm. yeah. Because she's a woman, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it can happen also with guys, but what I mean is that in a male-dominated field, I had the feeling that still, nowadays, some people think really all-minded. And if it's maybe not really male dominated, it could also be that these people are there. But it's more likely that um, because you see that, for example, you go to a conference, or I don't know, you yeah, you go to a conference, and in my field there are seventy percent or sixty percent, sixty-five or something mm-hmm. guys. When you go there, it's like you are probably one of the only girls in the conference. Which is cool because you always get the individual room. That's a
0: very cool thing. At least some advantages. Yes,
1: but yeah, but, but then you see, I don't know, you you cannot find that. Uh, wow, look at this girl giving this talk. Mm-hmm. I would like to, I don't know, maybe it's a professor or something. I would like to be like her or something. It's always a guy. I don't know. I think there are two things. One's that the one thing is that the. You can find like all minded guys that think this way, like against women, which I think it happens unfortunately nowadays, um, even in, in some small percentage. And also um, that you can find more people, like professors, who you can get in- inspired from uh, mm-hmm. if they are, I don't know, more girls in the field. Because I think in my field, for example, there are not really women. Like, I don't know what's happened. They all go to organic chemistry. <laughs>
0: Can you think um, what was the hardest challenge so far in your career, mm-hmm. scientific or personal I would say, but related to, the, to your career as a researcher?
1: I don't know, I think I have, I could say that I have been, for example, um, since I finished my, like, the Masters and I started PhD, I have been quite autodidactic. I I I don't know if that was a Spanish. Sp- <laughs> what do you mean by this? Spanish <laughs> word? Spanish, probably. <laughs> so yeah, what I mean is that like I am like self-learning things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because for example, I don't know. As I told you, in when I got into PhD, I I was not really very 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 expert in theoretical chemistry and quantum chemistry methods. So from that point, I had to start learning a lot of things by myself. By, my, by myself, exactly. And yeah, I think maybe that was a bit challenging because it was quite uh, difficult by that time. But then I had to, yeah, and the pressure of pitching and so. And I always encountered that. That could probably have been something that helped me to to do the work that I am doing now, the way I do it. So now, for example, I have problems um, that, for example, you don't know how to do something and you should do something at work uh, to solve some, I don't know, some problem. Mm-hmm. So due to the fact that in the PhD I had to learn by myself and I had to find a way to figure out things, and so so now I can, I would say, now it's easier to do it because
0: mm-hmm. I already did it. Did you find it difficult to ask for help? By that time, Peter. By that time, yeah. Because um, you said you were learning uh, yeah. a lot by yourself. Was it um, yeah so, difficult to ask for help?
1: Yeah. So the thing is that uh, my supervisor was um, he he was traveling a lot of time, mm-hmm. so he was not really um, there like physically, but we were exchanging emails, and then he he was also there, but not really often because he was really really busy with work mm-hmm. work and travel. So I have to figure things myself out, Mm -hmm. really myself. So there was
0: no one really to ask questions. Like
1: you can ask, and they are nice and they help you, but it's not like they gave it to you. Mm -hmm. They are solved. You have to really. So I think that, like when I found out that I had to do things like that by that time, like that way, I just. I think it, it improved a lot the way I I work now, because mm-hmm. now I don't have this problem. I already did
0: it, so <laughs> I think so, yeah. That's what they call experience, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But was hard, yeah. And if you can give one advice to someone, let's say a girl, who is now considering a job, um, considering a career in your field, mm-hmm. what would it be? Probably I don't know if it goes
1: only for girls, maybe also for guys I and mean, mm-hmm. everyone in general. I will say that if you, um, how to say, in a synthetic way, like to believe in yourself, I I don't know, it it helped me a lot, like, if you think about something, even though it's weird, or you think that people never thought about that and it cannot work or something, if you believe it on, on something, and you want to do something your way, which is original... And you also enjoy doing it because it reflects your point of view on something. Mm-hmm. I would say just try to believe in yourself the most you can. And so if you try to do something, don't don't lose the emphasis in doing it just because you say, okay, maybe I'm not able to do or it's difficult or there are these problems. Just Just believe in yourself and then... I think this helped me a lot, really. <laughs> it's like a, the typical message from a movie or something that you are like... <laughs> <In the> self-help. <laughs> <laughs> from self-help books. What you find in yeah. the cover of the books? So, that I mean. you,
0: you... It but helps you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looks like very like philosophic thing or mm-hmm. something, but it's just very simple. Just If you think, like, I can't do this, but I really want to do this, you just think, I, I will do this. I know mm-hmm. how to do this. Well, maybe you don't know, but... You want to, mm-hmm. so you just believe in it, and you. Do. And if you find problems on the way or something like professor, which is uh, very, mm, how to say, usually PhD students say that the professors can be very um, controlling. Mm-hmm. And so, so even if you mm-hmm. get frustrated and so, just just think about the final goal and just try to do other things on the way to enjoy. I would say that. But it applies
0: also to guys. <laughs> to everyone to everyone thank you very much thanks to you you were listening to the fourth episode of the matterfolk podcast and there are still four stories to go you can now subscribe to this show on iTunes Google Podcasts or Spotify as well as follow it on the Forschungsverbund website come back in a week bye